Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. I'm Caroline Stanbury, star of The Real Housewives of Dubai. I'm remarried and living my best life ever. See, there's so much life after divorce. I'm starting my new chapter unapologetically. I'm bringing real stories, real life, real talk on all things that aren't said between each other, society, the sheets, and everything in the middle. And lucky me, you'll be joining me on the journey. Listen to all new episodes every Wednesday. So buckle up. Welcome back to another episode of Divorce Not Dead. I'm super excited to have my friend and, uh, well, Elizabeth Pearson back on the show, publisher, author of The Spiritual Seeker, writer, wife, mom. Welcome back, Elizabeth. Well, I mean, we were in a completely different place last time I saw you. Yeah, we were. We were just about to go on tour for, you know, according to Caroline. And then COVID came and really kind of wiped all of that out. But how wonderful because it put us on these new paths that I don't know that we would have been on if everything would have just went along to plan. Yes. So for those of you out there, um, my first ever divorce, not dead, which is called actually, um, according to Caroline, was in Newport Beach where I met Sergio. And then after the success of that and sort of joining and deciding to take it on tour, I managed to rope Elizabeth into doing the tour with me, which was super exciting. And then COVID hit and theaters were shut down and everything else. And it never, it never took off again, but um, we're here. And we're back. That's all that matters. It's all that yeah, matters. We're, all, we're in good spots. And I met my husband and you've written books and, yeah. you know, we're all back in your, well, you're also a life coach, right? So. Yeah. I coach a lot of women. I think people can think of a life coach and roll their eyes. At least I do. I'm like, Ugh, anybody can be a coach, you know, but for me, it, it was something that I had to kind of wrap my head around. There are a lot of women performing at very high levels like yourself who have very different issues and different obstacles in their lives. And sometimes they need somebody who's walked that path to be able to guide them out. So that's what I get to do every day. Funnily enough, Elizabeth, I, you know, doing this and I'm now however many, you know, 3 million downloads in and how many listeners I've got, I was like, I really should get into not life coaching. Cause I, you know, I have no qualifications for that, yeah. but I was thinking, you know, like, it's kind of like, you know, offering your advice via Zoom and things like this and getting into people's stories because I love that. And I get asked so many yeah. bloody questions. I totally understand. Like, I think what you do is amazing. And I'm actually a little bit jealous now, kind of want to do it. But if we ever get back on tour, that's kind of where yes. I'd love love it to lead. But anyway. Yeah. 
I think so too. I think that as women too, it's really part of our purpose is to be able to share and unite because the more silent we stay about things and, and even just the downplaying, right? Like you just immediately cut yourself off at the knees. Like, well, I don't have any qualifications, so I couldn't do that. It's like, no, you actually do because you've lived through a lot of things and you've been able to come out the other side very successfully. So I think that all of that matters. And I think that experience just grows and creates more positive vibes when shared. So Right. Yeah. I love that. And I love that you have this show. And I remember when you were kind of teetering on the fence and we were DMing back and forth and you said the name of it. And I said, that's brilliant. And you were like, yeah, I don't know. And then look at this immediately, right? Your soul was in alignment and this took off. It did. I mean, yes. I think back to those days, I was like so unsure. And I think actually that leads into what you and I decided to speak about because we wanted to do a podcast on comfort zone. And how comfort zone is really the death of everything in life, really. And what you said was it cages you. And I think that's, that's absolutely true. Like when, when everything um, sort of ended for me with the tour, someone said to me, why don't you say, do a podcast? And I was like, well, I've never done that. But I mean, actually I'd never done a tour either. What are you going to speak about? No clue. But actually within two minutes or whatever it was, the podcast took off and I started, let's face it in Dubai broadcasting to America, how many podcasts are there? And it really, really did take off because that was my purpose. And I think that if I hadn't had the bollocks to do it, you know, as I said, and you and I talked about it, you kind of pushed me as well, that I would still be in exactly the same position and this would never have happened. So, you know, well, I think your authenticity comes through too. So beautifully on the podcast. Like I think that people might see you in the media or other places and it's, you know, from a picture, you can just create your own story about a person and, and, oh, she's beautiful. And she's had all this and and everything. But I think when you're on the podcast, it's this wonderful place for you to really be authentic and share some of your story that led up to this and offer insights, even to, as to what's going on behind the scenes currently. So I think that that's what really connects with people. I think that's why everybody loves Cardi B and all these people, because they're just so authentic, right? It's like, there is nothing to hide. And I think that's when you're living your truth. And I think people will gravitate towards that. I think that's exactly it. I mean, I think, you know, I've never said that I was, everything was easy for me. It wasn't. And I think, you know, they see, everybody sees Instagram and it's easy to make a picture look amazing. But, you know, I could have been like literally shooting Sergio a minute before. Um, (laughs) But, you know, look, that's not to say I am in that love bubble, but I'm only four years in. It would be very weird if I wasn't in that love bubble. I always laugh going because I do know. I know the other side. I've been the other side 18 years in, as you just said, well, I'm 15 years in and 18 years together. We all know that we'd quite like an outhouse to shove our husbands in. Yeah. And I think that's part of the comfort zone, right? So you can have comfort zones in your career, in your marriage, maybe even in your friendships, even in your parenting style, right? I think comfort zones can very easily become ruts. And so it's really good to examine different parts of your life where you feel incredibly comfortable and your marriage might be one of them. Right. And I'm not, that's not to say that there should be conflict, but I think that you should still be doing active things together. Like you guys are these wonderful poster children for travel and adventure and exploring. And I think some people could very easily make the excuse of, well, I'm not able to do that. Well, you are able to go do new things though with your partner. You could go on a walk to a place you've never been. You could go try different food. But I think a lot of it is just the effort. And that's where a lot of people can say, you know what? Nothing bad is happening. So if it ain't broke, don't fix it. 
But I would really urge people to say, instead, I think you should be looking at like, where's the adventure? Where's the expansion, right? In any one of these areas of your life, if you're not expanding and you're not a little afraid, then you're probably in a rut. Well, I think that's very interesting because I think the one thing that Sergio has done for me is I've reevaluated how I did my last relationship, right? So I had a relationship where my husband was gone two weeks, two weeks, and then I found it really hard to have him back because I was super happy in my own little bubble watching TV starfish. And, you know, travel was visiting, I don't know, Saint-Tropez, maybe three places and family holidays with kids. And that's not to say family holidays aren't amazing. They're very important. But at the end of the day, you know, so is sort of exploring the world and seeing what's out there and having a life beyond your kids. Because I think that's what happens with empty nesters and everything else. They've made their whole life about their bloody kids that when suddenly the house is empty, they have absolutely nothing in common. And, you know, look, it's very hard and it's very easy for me to say, I'm doing all these new things with my new husband, right? That I didn't get to do with my first husband because hindsight is a wonderful thing. But if I didn't have that now, and as you're saying, there you are sitting saying to me, well, I'd like to shove my husband in the outhouse for a minute. (laughs) That's exactly how I felt. But, you know, now how do you go in and go, darling, let's go in like globetrot, just the two of us. Because it's a very, it's not an easy thing to do, you know. No, not to be like next to somebody on like a 15 hour flight when you're feeling a little like you need some space. I got to assume that's got to be really hard. But I think too, just the awareness of that, Caroline. Like I think a lot of people will just kind of grit their teeth and then they'll just get through it. But I think that if if you have fallen into a routine in any one of your relationships, especially girlfriends, I mean, God, one thing that really bums me out is how quickly women will bail on each other or commitment to go out together. And it's like, these are our sisters. This is that divine feminine energy that I think we really need to be around. And it's become way too easy to toss them to the side because you have a child who is begging you to be home to tuck them in. Or your boss wants you to get something to them, you know, by early morning the next day. Like, I think that we really start to have some fun when we can create these boundaries and really stick to them. And I think a lot of women right now have a lot of trouble holding firm with boundaries because they think that it makes them a selfish bitch or something if they want to go out on a trip by themselves or if they want to go out to dinner with girlfriends and not be home for tuck-ins. Well, tuck-ins, my kids have sort of beyond that now. And I did all that with my first husband. So that's all right. And thank God I'm at the stage now when my kids are zero shits given. They're teenagers. So every time I'm like, would you like to have dinner with mommy? No, I have plans. No. No, I'm busy. What I am finding hard is my newer, you know, my new relationship and my girlfriends a hundred percent because Sergio is of the ilk. And I do understand this too, that he feels like he wants to do everything with me. And why do I need a girl's night? You see, I was different. I had so many girls nights in my last marriage, literally, because by the end of it, it was always like, I'm on a girl's night going out, but that was my escape. So I'm like, I'm torn between like, do I really need to have any more girls nights? Because because the distance in the end was the distance between us. And actually I should be able to have just as much fun because I used to say on a girl's night, like when I went on girl's night, I would talk about dicks and sex and all of the stuff that we do when we're wasted. 
And then if right. my husband was there, I couldn't do all that, right? Well, we we felt right. we couldn't, not just me. It wasn't just me by myself. Right. We were all party. But with Sergio, because he's young, I could have those conversations. And I feel yeah. like I can still talk to them the same way I would. Maybe that if they're one of their older husbands who's a bit grumpier and going, oh God, I don't really want to be here. And no, I don't want to know your ex-boyfriend's right. dick size. Yeah, it can make it difficult. But yeah. I think you're onto something. I feel like Sometimes too, it can kind of feel like a pendulum that's swinging, like all girls nights, no, you know, partner nights. And then sometimes it can feel like all partner time, no girls time. And I think the happy medium is like when it goes back and forth, right? So there is like a healthy mix of just girl time, because then we know distance makes the heart grow fonder, right? It's the same thing with kids. Like, I think that you start to appreciate little things, but when you're gone too long, then it creates that distance, right? So like, how do we find that time where I hope he's it's short enough that you're not creating a gap in your relationship, but it's long enough that you have time to miss each other and you have time to miss him and you have time to give undivided attention to your girlfriends who may really need your advice and your console then. A hundred percent. We're definitely not there yet. We are definitely struggling with that. Um, but again, oh, you're so in love. It's new. Yes, like, it's new. You know, and again, I think. Like when he does go, like he's gone off. I think he's had one business trip without me, maybe and one dinner, yeah. maybe, which I forced him on to. And I do like after a couple of hours, I'm like, okay, I'm ready for you to come home now. Right. I'm, I'm sort of getting to that place where I can't believe it. This super independent woman is becoming codependent, which I also is pathetic, but actually um, quite sweet too. So I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. I can't tell you, but all I do know is when I weighed up between where I was in my last marriage, that right. the codependence and I is, is better. It's, you know, yeah. at least he wants to be here, but I do feel right. sometimes that he also should have time on his own, right. With the boys and the right. everything else. But you see, I don't know, Sergio's a different type of fish. He's not yeah. interested in the boys stuff. Yeah. He's just not. He, and maybe and maybe that will come too, right? As he's still young. like the growth and expansion happens. Yeah, like he's, he's still, still young. New, and frankly, you guys are so intertwined. Yeah. We do all with we everything. work together and we do all of the, our stuff together. So, you know, I think it's just I don't know. I'm feeling it out. Comfort zone, what's my comfort zone? I don't know. I would have told you when I started dating Sergio, I pushed a lot harder that I wanted more time on my own. I wanted to keep my relationship like with like that with my girlfriends, but my girlfriends have got to the stage now, I think where they just accept him as like one of the girls in a way. And yeah. nobody's threatened by Sergio, not in a bad way. And right. I don't mind that either because I've had, I've had that sort of male dominant figure behind me. And I think the relationship I've chosen now, it may not be for a lot of people, but it's definitely the one for me. I can't imagine myself yeah. going back into the world where I'm told what to do all the time. So maybe, you know, I don't know, you're, you're the, you're the. Yeah, no, I think it's great. And I think that, you know, when we talk about this concept of like comfort zones and is it a rut or is it something stable? I think there's a big difference between like a stable, healthy relationship and a comfort zone that feels suffocating or stifling. And it's not, it, it's not just like romantic relationships. It, I mean, it could be where you live. Like when you were in London, right? Like everything was good. I'm sure mm -hmm. that there was a certain level of comfort zone there, but only when you really like shake it up and you 
leave and you can do big things. And maybe for your listeners, it doesn't have to be as big as like a cross country move or an international move. But all I'm saying is like, if this needs to be like the, you know, proverbial, like grab you by the shoulders and kind of shake you a little bit to wake you up. Like we only have one manifestation in this life, in this body with these people at this time. So are we really just going to keep checking boxes and doing things that we keep, that we've always done just because it feels safe? Like I would argue, no, I think it's better to take risks and maybe have it blow up in your face and have that experience than to just be on the hamster wheel of daily life. Oh, a thousand percent. Like if I look back and I've been here, what, five, six years, uh, seven years now, my girlfriends are still, you know, in the same routine dropping off their kids at school, going to lunch with the same women, seeing the same pictures on Instagram of the same 12 women in the same private members club in the same clothes. And you're going, oh my God. Like I always knew looking at those pictures, always, it was really weird. I used to say, if I end up like that, shoot me. And I don't mean like, I I love, I love some of you girls out there. I don't mean to insult you. I'm really sorry. But I just mean, there's so much more then, you know, there's just so much more. And you're right. Like if you're in a routine, shake it the fuck up, move house, move apartment, move town, move friends, go to a different nightclub. Like, you know, I, people always go to me, I can't meet anyone. I'm always, you know, uh, how do you meet people? I mean, like I always, always could meet a guy like whenever, because I never went to the same fucking place. Never. Right. Just right. and the thing is, too, is like when you, when you're doing that, you're so right. When you're doing that though, too, you lose your uniqueness. Like once you start kind of like following the pack and you do like the, the everyday things that everybody's doing, or you try to be like somebody else, that's a misalignment with your soul. You are a unique being here to do unique things. And when you get into that rut of every day going to work at a job you mildly hate, but you're, you know, you think that you can't make money unless you're there, or it's too scary to make a pivot and go into another career industry. Like, I'm not saying throw deuces and walk out and burn those bridges, but like, get a plan together, get some like ride or dies, you know, around you or a supportive coach or read a couple of books, listen to podcasts like this, things that will urge you to step out of this cage. Like my whole book, Career Confinement, is about these cages that we erect around ourselves. But most of the time, as you know, Caroline, they're imaginary. Like the door to the cage isn't locked, ladies. Like we're the ones blaming everybody else for being in these cages. But at the end of the day, we have the power to walk the fuck out whenever we want. Let's take a little break from the show. And I'm very excited because this week's episode is sponsored by none other than FX's Fleischman is in Trouble, starring Jesse Eisenberg, Claire Danes, Lizzie Kaplan, and Adam Brody. This drama tells a story of recently divorced Toby Fleischman, who dives into the world of app-based dating with a kind of success he never had in his youth. Then his ex-wife disappears, leaving him with their two children and no hint of her return. FX's Fleischman is in trouble, streaming November 17th, only on Hulu. I am gripped already. Can't wait to watch. Let's get back to the show. 
VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Hi, guys. My name is Sarah Nicole, and I am the host of the Papaya Podcast, where each week we dish out some sweetness mixed in with some seeds of wisdom all through candid conversations in a very real and tangible way. I want everyone to know that they're not alone and that we share in these experiences called life. And sometimes when we get to know somebody else's story, it changes ours a little bit as well. So I want you to tune in with us on Mondays. Subscribe, rate and review it and keep these conversations going with us. You can tune in behind the scenes at the Papaya Podcast and and the birds with Maya on Instagram as well. Can't wait to see you next week. I mean, you say that, but women are really good at saying they don't. They don't have a choice. And I yeah. find that amazing. I mean, it's also like I get it all the time since I got divorced and, you know, married it. Well, essentially he was 24 when I met him. I always yeah. get, well, how are you doing financially? Like, oh, are you guys Okay. <laughs> Um, how, how does he pay for things? Who, who pays what? And I'm like, the concern okay. there is so overwhelming. Like everybody wants wow. to know. It's amazing. And like, I never go around to people's houses and go, well, who pays, you know, in your, your life or right. what bills or, you know, what, who's paid what in the holidays or they just are like new newlyweds too want to know just like how you do it with like allowances, I guess. And these are uncomfortable conversations to have with yeah. a husband, right? So having it with me, with a young guy, the boundaries have gone because they feel like it's okay to ask any of these questions because he's young, right? So, wow. yeah. So it's that's like, wow. And I, I wonder too, you know, money can be a cage too. That can be a cage. Well, like no, no, some that's what I'm the- saying. It's all about money. People put right. all relationships at the end down to money. They prioritize money first and everything else below it. And that's the problem. So when they see, you know, that maybe I left what was meant to be stable on paper and had the older husband and the beautiful house and the everything else, yeah. why am I not destitute now? Which is where in their minds they would be. <laughs> because you're in soul alignment now, Caroline, yeah. and you have you know what I mean? You wouldn't have started the podcast likely. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't have done all of this stuff. No. You wouldn't have such amazing content. I wouldn't be on Housewives again. You wouldn't be on Housewives. Like you wouldn't have any of this. And I think too, like that is, that is the ultimate excuse is money. And I'm sure people are rolling their eyes listening to me. And they're like, this chick doesn't know my situation. I have very real bills. But at the end of the day, we can stay there. And then when I think when we die, we're going to meet the 75% non-physical portion of us, right? So the 70 of the spirit, Caroline, is going to be up there. And if you would have stayed where you were in London, everything status quo. And if I would have stayed in Chicago, status quo with my corporate job and the two kids and all of that stuff, I think that chick would have been disappointed. When I die and I go see her, she's going to be like, listen, I nudged you. I gave you all of these opportunities to leave and you stayed. 
I'm so disappointed. Go back down there and do it again. Me you know, too. like I just don't want to disappoint her. No, me too. And I would be looking at my beautiful house in Surrey, which I, I miss and love. Don't get me wrong. But I would have just been pushing through. I wouldn't have, you know, been, I'm writing a book right now. I have a shoe line. The housewives would never have come to Dubai. I would never be here. You know, all of these things that I pushed myself. I mean, I don't think my ex would ever want me to do housewives again. So it wouldn't have even been an option. You know, and what does this look like? What does my neck, you know, I was thinking about it yesterday, actually. I was seeing other women around 45, 46, 47, right? And they're like at the end of their careers. And I was lying in bed going, you know, I'm starting. I'm literally starting today. My career just started because I don't know where I'm going now. I've got season two probably coming. I've got my shoe line just started. I've got a book coming out. I'm doing this. Like, what the fuck next? What's going to happen next? I've just got going. And everyone else is getting ready to. Yeah. To to like roll up their sleeves and and, and like go, well, well, this is it. I'm just going to retire now. No. No. Oh my God. The people who are counting down days till they can retire. Yeah. I'm like, dude, you're going to live till you're like 90. And so if you quit working or if you take your foot off the gas of like the things you want to experience, it's not even money making or wealth generation. Everybody is so freaking concerned about I'm going to make enough for generational wealth. So yeah, I feel like there are a lot of people out there struggling to earn this generational wealth. What am I going to leave my children? Let me just earn, earn, earn. And they spend 20 or 30 years stockpiling money for their kids. And I don't really think that that's the best thing to leave them. Isn't the better thing to leave them this wonderful role model who lived their life and had the experiences and took the risks and lived for themselves, not for who your children think they need you to be or their children's children, like the obsession with money. And I don't know about you, you've been around some like incredibly wealthy people. I feel like the higher you get with money, the more fearful you are, you're going to lose it. Then you just live in this constant fear. hundred percent. And also they just, you know, don't know what to do with it. And it doesn't bring them, some of the richest people I I know have always maintained this, the most unhappy. The hustle is part of the fun, people. You know, like every month, like honestly, I love my journey. I love thinking, you know, what's next? I need to keep going. I'm not thinking about how much money I'm going to leave my children in a pot. I don't, you know, as do I not know what my parents are going to leave me. I probably a bill and I hope they're enjoying themselves. And, you know, and that's, and that's right. my point. My pa- I mean, in fact, actually, what am I talking about? My parents sit in the bloody countryside. They're going to listen to this and look at each other all day. It drives me fucking nuts. I'm like, why wouldn't you sell that giant pile of a house and go travel? Right. Like buy right. an apartment, get on a train, go and see Machu Picchu, whatever it is, go eat, pray, love, yeah. you know, buy a house in the sun. Like they wanted to be in the sun. My dad always dreamed about dying in the sun. He's now living in you know, the country in wherever it is in England, yeah. it, looking, looking at mold on the ground, whatever it is. And I'm like, <laughs> where you could be lying by a beach in a beautiful apartment in Marbella, if you want, or Dubai with me. But they, you know, they're right. darling, I've got to wait for, you know, your sister and your brothers, you know, all the children to grow up. I'm like, well, you'll be dead. And my sister doesn't have any yeah. children. So if we're waiting for her to get right. married, have kids and do everything else, you're going to be dead. And I'm like, yeah. you know, I don't get it. I don't get it. I'm like, yeah. I've moved so far on. I don't want my kids to put their lives on hold for me. I'm, you know, my sister is what, 39 years old. I mean, when is she like an adult? Like, Go and visit her. She can fly out to you. If you had a house in Marbella or Spain or in Dubai, trust me, she'd be there. 
Like no, yeah. nobody needs, needs it. And then they're living in a country house that I just don't, I, I, I simply don't get it. I am like, that is not yeah. the way I'm going to live. It's not the way I'm going to die. I'm not going to live for my children and put base and my, you know, my kids are going to take care of me. That's it. I've made up my mind. I'll spend all the money and they can take care of me later. That's why you have three kids, isn't it? But I love, I, I just want to go back to something you said, which I thought was brilliant. Like the hustle is the journey is the fun. Yes. Like if you ask Bezos or anybody, right. Who's built something. And like, in my days it was vitamin water, right. It was part of that like lean crew in the beginning. That was when it was the most fun. When we didn't know what the hell we were doing. Nobody really had any money. We were just like going fast and loose and and then it all worked out. But like, then is when you're sitting at the big fancy restaurant with the expensive wine and you're reminiscing about those times. Those are the times you're talking about, not about how great it is to be at this fancy restaurant. Nobody gives a shit about that. They would give anything to, to go, go back, back those 10 years. If I remember when I built gift library and I raised the first, whatever it was, however many millions. And I remember sitting in my new office with how, you know, when it, it my first Christmas party was me and two people, and then it went to 70 something yeah. people. And I was like, Oh my God, look at all these people. And, and now, you know, that's the bit I miss. I really miss it. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. and, and you, I, that's why I would say business is bullshit. People business is the art of bullshit. Nobody knows how to build a business. You know, nobody knows. It doesn't come with a rule book because even if I start an internet company and you start an internet company, something's going to throw mine left and yours right. right. It just happens that way, you know? And, yeah. and so anyone that tells you that they have like the key to success is lying. The key to success is belief in yourself. That's it. And, and getting out of your bloody comfort zone. Unless you get out it of is. your comfort zone, you can't have success. Because if you're wrapped I in cat cotton wool, you haven't done anything amazing. Nothing. Right. And I think too, like of the few billionaires that I've met, I don't feel like they're highly intellectual. They just took a lot of risk. Like, so I feel like there's people out there, all these people that everybody's worshiping with all of this money. And they think, oh, well, I didn't get an MBA or I didn't do this, or I didn't go to university believe, here. Yep. It doesn't matter. These people don't do that. They just have blind faith in themselves and they're okay with risk. I just watched We Crashed. I mean, there is a cl <sighs> classic example for those of you out there that haven't yeah. seen this show called We Crashed. I think it's on Netflix. And yeah. it's about the guy yeah. that launched or built, what was it? The, the office space. We work. We work. Yeah. Unbloody believable. Now, if that isn't exactly what we're talking about, or even that, that girl inventing Anna, watch inventing Anna. Yes. The girl just went in there, believed in herself and raised hundreds. I mean, not that I'm saying anyone should go out and do that, but <laughs> balls of fucking steel. That woman did not live yeah. in a comfort zone. That's for sure. You know, yeah. So what would you advise people then, Caroline? Like maybe somebody is, is, say they're in a happy relationship. They like where they live. They feel like everything is pretty comfortable, but like they also want to get some inspiration from this conversation. Since you've specifically walked that path, is there anything that was like the first little window that opened to shine the light in that like, Hey, I'm feeling restless and I don't know that this is going to be good enough for me long-term. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Was there a time, like a day or a time in London where it kind of switched? 
Yeah, I think after all my babies, to be honest, I was just like, I realized like the babies were done. I'd moved to the big house. Like basically I checkboxed everything on my list. I had 76 to 80 employees, right? I had the big business. I had a huge Range Rover. I had a driver. I had three kids, twins, you know, perfect, all dressed in bon point. I had a TV show under my belt. Like I fucking had it all, literally had it all. And I was making shit loads of money. And I was like, okay, this is great. And my, my marriage was like, you know, okay. We were ships in the night. We just came home. We, you know, we turned on the TV, went the other side. He watched, you know, we, we, we both watched something we didn't really want to watch because we didn't want to watch the same thing. Didn't talk really. And I think, you know, when a woman starts also making kind of a lot of money as well, that's also difficult in a relationship for whatever reason. It's bizarre, but it is. And then I just think it was like, I was like, it was perfectly nice. I was slowly decorating my house. I should have been ecstatic. It's everything I ever dreamed of and worked for. Everything I wanted basically on my vision board had arrived. But then I was like, now what? I'm 34. When that happened, I was 34, I guess, 35. Then I was like, what the fuck now? And it's like, I'm like, I'm going to have to live here now for the next, because I've made my bed. There's my bed. Now I know what it looks like. And now I'm going to have to stay here till I'm a hundred because I'm going to be grateful for it. But actually, I realized it wasn't what I wanted. My friends weren't even what I wanted. I looked at my friends and I was like, I wanted to be cool. It was so weird. Like I felt like I had, I guess, an out-of-body experience that I just felt I didn't belong there. I was like, I felt happiest in LA. I felt happiest in miniskirts and like, you know, like bright blonde hair. And I should have been in like, you know, I had this massive driver with this, um, what are those souped up Range Rovers done? The one that's been overhauled by some ridiculous name. Okay. You know, and I was like, I looked like a rap star in the middle of Surrey. You know, I was in the wrong place. If I'd been living in LA, I'd have fit right right in. But in Surrey, it was like, I looked ridiculous. I don't know. Yeah. I I think too, mine, I mean, all of that, right? Mine came when I was 35, had the babies had the house, had, I did the checklist as well. And I think too, I think it comes out in other Let ways. Let me stop you there. Like, well, I don't know if I'm like, I don't know if I'm stuck. Let me stuck you. That, that's, that's what I want to ask you because it seems to be really common. So how do I know that I made the right decision then? And it wasn't yeah. just what every fucking woman goes through at 35 after she's like literally just go, gone, is this it? That's the number yeah. one question, Elizabeth. I mean, could I have stayed, not blown up my life and my kid's life? And would I have been, sure. w- would I have got over it? I mean, I think that your soul at some point is going to get louder. Like I always tell clients, you'll feel a restlessness and you know, if you feel restless right now or not, yes or no. That's very clear. I think for women to be able to say, yes, I do. Or no, I don't. And I think it will come out in certain ways. I think like for me, I had an underlying eating disorder that started raging again. So that was my soul saying, hey, bitch, pay attention. This is not what we want. I want to get out of here. There has to be something else. We're made for more. So that had started. I did start to just like feel like nothing during the day really made me happy. I would go to yoga. I would meditate. Carolyn, I tried to do everything to distract myself from what my soul knew. And that was just, I want something else. I want more out of life. And so I think women just really have to ask themselves that question. And it's great to get still and listen for the answers. Your non-physical part of you 
She has all the answers. She's trying to guide us. But if we have ear pods in all the time and we're constantly surrounded by other people and we don't have a beat for her to be able to really get the message through, one or two things are going to happen. She's either going to get really annoyed and just stop trying to guide us and you're going to lose total alignment with your soul or it's she's going to get louder and she, she'll start blowing shit up. She'll have you get fired from your job. She'll have your husband leave you. She'll have, you know, you'll get cancer. Like these things, you know, the disease, the disease will start. You'll get chronic illness somewhere. And for me, eating disorder came back. I remember sitting with very good girlfriends and I wanted to blow my brains out if we had to talk about kids' soccer teams or who was going to what school. I didn't give a shit. But I didn't you're care still about married. any of that. I, you're still married. Right. So how did you question right. your voice? So we picked up and moved to California <laughs> because it felt like it was my soul's home. And I'd only been here a couple of times, but for, same as you, like I loved how everybody embraced spirituality out here. I love that it was sunny all the time. Like, and I just needed that. And for me, I knew California was the first step to everything else changing. Right. So for you, you had a first step, right. And maybe it was, Goodbye. you know, the synchronicity of meeting Sergio and then being like, Oh wait, there could be this other life. And for me, it was the move and it was quitting my corporate job. That was, it started to get soul sucking. And I was just like, I'm just making other people really rich and I'm just like spiritually bankrupt myself. That's interesting. So I think that there's, there's little hints coming, but this is the thing. Like, I know women want us to give them specifics. Like, how did you specifically do this? But you know, if you're playing small, like, you know, if you're just kind of like eating it every day and not really loving it. But I then how you do you know it. that, you know, your husband can't go on that journey with you. And I think that's a difficult one for women because oh, yeah. it's very hard right. to tell your husband of that time that you're eating small, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, right. Because yeah. that, because a man likes to feel like he's given you everything. And at that point, my husband yeah. really had, he'd done everything I bloody wanted. Like, did he really want the huge house? And sorry, no, he was happy. Exactly. Right. My husband didn't have those aspirations. He was absolutely happy with his life. Like for him, marriage, this, that he was happy. He liked yeah. his life. And I wonder, is it just us women that, that go in and just blow ourselves up? I don't think so. I think it is some men, but my husband is the exact same way. Like I had said, we need to move because it's dark and it's cold here all the time. And I feel suffocating. I don't do good with family being close by because I had a very dysfunctional childhood. So for me, when family is super close and you're seeing them like every week and every weekend and all of that stuff, it was like, ugh, it was like, I just needed some space. Not that I didn't love them, but I wanted some space to be able to do our own thing. And my husband, I came to him and I'm like, we need to go. Like, let's start looking for jobs there. And he's like, I thought you were joking. I thought, why don't we just vacation more? I got it. Let's just go on more sunny vacations. I'm like, no, dude, no. Like if you love me, I said, I'm going one way or the other. I'm like, you can come along and we'll have an adventure, but I cannot stay here. And my husband is incredible. And he's always been so unwaveringly supportive of me that he was just like, yeah, fuck it. Let's have an adventure. Like, and we did it. And I think that they can grow with you, Caroline. Like, but I think at the end of the day, you got to want similar things like you and Sergio obviously are aligned on what a beautiful future would look like for you. Yeah. And we're aligned I think on all you can things. always renegotiate that. 
I'm negotiating all the time. Sometimes I'm knocking. I need to knock some of the adventure out of him a little bit because as much as I want adventure, I also need the stability, right? Although I didn't want stability at the time. Now he, you know, now I've got like fly by the seat of my pants kind of a guy. Can I have sex 50 times every day? No. So, you know, I found out how to compromise with that too. The tiki tiki. Yeah, the tiki tiki (laughs) is, but it's it's all a work in progress, right? I mean, you laugh about it because when you're married, as long as we have been, you know, frankly, at the beginning, it sounds right. amazing. And then uh, absolutely after a bit, you're like, okay, I cannot perform like this for the rest of my life. Let's, you will actually right. kill me in here. Um, so right. everything. And then the girlfriend thing. So I'm negotiating daily, but at least I have yeah. negotiations, I suppose, which I yeah, wasn't. I, yeah. Yeah. I think that there are a lot of women out there that aren't renegotiating their agreement. And I think that you hit on it too. I think that you have to make an agreement with your partner. Here's what we want, even if it's just for this year, right? And then if something changes, you can hold the other person accountable to that agreement. But what sucks is when women have this ideal of how supportive they want their partner to be or what they want out of their spouse, and then the person doesn't do it, and then they get all pissed off. And it's like, yeah, but you're holding them to an agreement they never made. So it's like, if, if you can come together and agree okay, I feel stuck right now. I feel stifled. I want to change something, but I really need your support, right? You need to get their buy-in, I think, to increase your odds of actually following through. Because the other big piece of this too is, is like, you're going to get hit with a wave of resistance. Like there will be, like when you say you go in the sun, there will be a shadow. And that shadow is trying to keep you in that comfort zone. And it will, it's like diabolical. It's just trying to keep you there. So I don't know about you, but when when I did make the move to California and do all of this stuff, like, I think we can just fast forward and say, Oh, it turned out great. Dude, it was hard. There were so many things that blew up. There were so many days when I was crying and said, this was a huge mistake. Oh my God, what did I do? Let's go back. It feels safer there. It feels more comfortable. I don't have this anxiety, but I think that that's the bigger piece of when you need that partner there to say, no, we we decided we were doing this and I'm not going to let you go back to that cage. And that is interesting because I do that a lot. So what I found now is Sergio is such a happy camper. And sometimes I'll wake up with a complete panic because, you know, sometimes I do feel responsible for him. And I don't mean financially, I mean, worldly. And, you know, so I'm like, oh, you know, I've made all these big decisions for him, which he's amazing. And, you know, my family and I feel like I've got the weight of the world. So like sometimes I wake up with like this blind panic. Am I doing the right thing? Am I, you know, in the right place? All of these things. And so I'll have that. And then it's so funny because, you know, he can sort of calm me, which I've never had before. Um, I used to have to go through it on my own. And now when he blows up, I've learned how to calm him. He does it a lot less than me, to be honest. He's actually so solid in his... Sergio was so sure of everything from the beginning, which I always, I always find fascinating. That's another thing that how does a 24 year old know I am going to marry that woman with three kids and move across the the world? You know what I mean? Like how, how do you know when everyone's telling you absolutely not from me as well, by the way, to his parents, to him and his inner voice never told him that. So I always find it so amazing that him living outside his comfort zone at such a young age And we find it so hard right? at this age. But that's when you're more, I think the older we get, the less connected potentially you can be to that soul you. So if he's feeling guided 
by that non-physical and by, I think we're guided by our ancestors too. I talk about this in the book, like the spiritual board of advisors. We're all down here trying to figure shit out on our own and we don't have to. Like I, I use Oracle decks. I think tarot cards are fun. I ask for angel signs, like, Hey, help me out with this decision. And I think that can help kind of strengthen your trust in your intuition and in your soul. If you feel like you're wavering, like, is this really the right path? You don't have to figure all this out. I also say a lot, like, fuck how. We don't have to understand how we're going to do something. We just have to understand what it is we want. So like for Sergio, he knew he wanted you and he wanted to marry you. And it was like, fuck how. We'll figure all that out as it unfolds. But I'm going to stay focused on what the vision is. So if you're somebody who's feeling stuck, it's like, you don't even really know how you're going to move or how you're going to switch careers. Or if you are in like a really stagnant, toxic relationship, you might not know how you're going to get out of that. But as you know, if you just stay focused on the goal, the the non-physical realm, I think, starts aligning stuff. People start coming into your life. Maybe you're listening to this episode and there's messengers that come through and they help you along the way. That's true. That is the gut. That is, I mean, so many things. You're absolutely right. You know, every time I think that I've lost something, something opens up to me every single time without fail. You just have to hold on to gratitude and unwavering belief in yourself. And that's it. And it's really, really true. I think Housewives is a great example. There you go. It wasn't even in this country before I arrived. Now I've arrived. I always thought what it would be like to go back. And here I am. I mean, didn't see that one coming. Yeah. And I remember DMing you and being like, come to Beverly Hills, come to California. Like, I know you love California. I tried out for Beverly Hills. Well, I mean, but this, it wasn't meant to be like, it was meant to be for you to do it there. Right. And like start a whole new franchise there. And so how wonderful, but I think it's really, I think it's very easy to just give up and say, oh, well, it wasn't for me. Right. So you could have just said, oh, well, it didn't work out there. So maybe it's not meant to be instead of like, no, I actually really feel like this would still be a really great opportunity and something to give to the world. So I'm just going to stay steady in the belief that if it's supposed to be, it will be versus like mentally closing that door. I think that's a really good point. Like I've, I've noticed lately, especially doing Instagram, how many people are winning today. Like, you know, I used to, in my bubble back in the day when we didn't, Instagram wasn't massive. I felt like king of the world. Now I realize that actually, if you persevere, there's room for everybody and loads of people are king of their world loads. I'm not special that, you know, I I'm doing just as well as many women I know. And, um, and I think that that's become really apparent to me. And that's why, you know, when other women go, well, you know, she's just lucky and these things just happen. No, she's not. She just took a chance and anyone look, you know, look how many singers there are. Look how many amazing, um, you know, interior designers there are. Look how many, you know, soccer players there are. Look how many, you know, amazing at at top of their fields as just by perseverance and taking the chance. If you stay home, what's going to happen to you? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Right. And I think that's- And how many acceptance speeches for like major awards do we get? And like Lady Gaga and everybody's up there and they're like, if it could happen for me, it can happen. Yeah. And they're, they're screaming it. They're literally telling us, listen, just believe in yourself. Don't give up on the dream. But I think so. It's, it's easier to give up on the dream, frankly, just like it's easier not to go out with your girlfriends for a night that you've had planned for two months. It's easier to put on the sweatpants and crawl into bed. And yes, some nights you need that, right? If you're healing or if you're in survival mode from something, but at the end of the day, 
Like we're going to have nobody to blame but ourselves when we transcend into the other realm, when we die. I think we're going to have to take a look back at our life and say, you know what? I really did try. So even if you did this, right, and you left and came to Dubai and you marry Sergio, what if, right, this isn't going to happen, but like, what if 10 years down the road, it implodes? Do you really think that your soul, when you went back up there, would be like, see, you shouldn't have done that? No. No, she's going to be like, oh my God, that was amazing. Yes. That's Thank it. you. That's that what was I always fun. say. You know, it doesn't matter. People always go, what if it didn't work? Well, what if it does? You know, what if it doesn't? Who cares? Right. Either way, it was a great ride. It's a roller coaster, yeah. people. I think that's a really good place to leave this. It's a roller ca- coaster. Over to you. Yeah, I would say too, just like, what's the alternative? I always ask clients that the alternative is you stay exactly where you are and you feel mediocre and you feel this restlessness. So don't stay where you are. The show is a sign. And that's much scarier for me than anything that could be the other side of trying. Much. Yeah, for sure. Thank you so much, Elizabeth. I really enjoyed today. I could talk to you for hours. It's so easy. We have to do this again. I love it. Yes. Yeah. Thank, Thank you, you, Caroline. All right. Dang. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to another episode of Divorce Not Dead. Thank you for listening to Divorce Not Dead. Tune in next Wednesday for a new episode. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. We'd love to hear from you. Follow me on social media at at Caroline Stanbury for all the behind the scene action. note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.